Hi guys, Phil and Jen here, the Snails from, from Canada at the moment, but normally <laughs> in Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> um, so most of you probably know us, if you don't, I'm Phil, it's my wife Jen, and we have two kids, Luke and Faith, which you may or may not see around somewhere, they're teenagers, so they're pretty elusive. elusive. Um, we are currently missionaries in the northeast of Brazil, we moved down there almost 10 years ago, in 2012. We were working in the north with a church planting organization. Uh, and then about we were there for about four years, and then God gave us the nudge to uh, to move somewhere else, and that took us to a place called João Pessoa on the northeast of Brazil. Um, Scott has a terrible time saying the name of our city, so if you want some fun, try and get him to say it. Yeah, so we've been there for five years now. Uh, we originally went there for a church planting. Um, there is a there's currently a documentary that we can connect you with that kind of gives you the backstory of everything that happened mm-hmm. um, when we moved there and stuff, rather than me going over it here. Yeah. But we've also got a ministry in Bombasso working with women trapped in prostitution. It's called Hope Ministries. So last time we were here was two years ago. Uh, we were on furlough, uh, pre-pandemic, imagine that. Um, so we left here and then went back to Brazil two years ago. Yeah. And uh, everywhere was a different place at that point. Um, But we sort of hit the ground running when we got back to Brazil. And then by around December, we sort of hit a wall. Uh, Physically, emotionally, spiritually, we were just uh, exhausted. And when we were speaking to um, the chair of the Extreme Mercy Board, who's also a counselor and knows us really well, uh, he recognized that we were not good and said, I really need you to get uh, evaluated by a psychologist, which we did and discovered that we were suffering from burnout. Uh, And that really made us, uh, we had to stop everything for three months. And um, thankfully we had a great team of people that took over and did everything for us so that we could really just let go um, and not do ministry things, which was was really hard actually. That was before the whole world actually just stopped along with us. But in that time, it really caused us to dig deep and uh, reevaluate where we were at. We put everything on the table. We put being missionaries on the table. We put Brazil on the table. We put the ministry, the church plant, everything. And we said, okay, God, help us sift through this. Help us figure out what is it that we're doing that we shouldn't be? What is it that we're carrying that we're not? Because his yoke is light. And so we really felt strongly that we were probably doing something that he had not asked us to do. And the scripture that uh, we put in the bulletin this week was, uh, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails, Proverbs 19.21. And that's kind of the theme for that whole period of our, our life is that we discovered that we had been carrying something that God had not asked us to carry. It was something that man had asked us to do. And in the end, we realized that when four years ago, God uh, sort of spoke to me and said, if you'll trust me, I want to use you to do a new thing. That new thing was helping the women in prostitution, was working with them. Uh, and so we realized at that moment that we needed to drop uh, the church plant and or the traditional church plant we do church it just looks different and continue forward with uh, the ministry with women in prostitution and that has been an amazing uh, discovery decision we have just seen God doing amazing things and things really flowing and feeling light there isn't a heaviness anymore and so that's fantastic so that catches you up to speed on where we are at, uh, and so Phil's now going to talk a little more about where the ministry's at. Yeah, so we came out of that in a much, much better place with uh, a lot more focus about what we're supposed to do. So we really started to dig in and focus on the work we were doing with the women in prostitution. So we carried on doing our street visits, and at the time we were doing, actually we'd stopped doing the the, the beach tent thing mm. we were doing because as we came out of, uh, of our time off, COVID started. Mm-hmm. So that kind of put everybody into a bit of a timeout. So... Oh. 
we, you know, again, dug in and started to pray about what, what should we do next? And that's how we've done this the whole step of the way. We keep asking God, what's the next steps? So he decided to, to tell us to, <laughs> to rent a house, open a house. In the middle of a pandemic. In the middle of a pandemic. Makes perfect sense. Wow. Um, so what we thought we were supposed to do is open Hope Center, which is, uh, it's a drop-in center. It's just a, a place where the women can come during the day when they're working, they can step out of their work and just come somewhere. We wanted to create a comfortable, warm space for them to be cool, able actually, to. actually. There's air conditioning because it's hot there. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, comfortable. I say warm yeah. space. Warm. Interesting, eh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Comfortable, comfortable space yes. for them to do. So we set it up like a living room, um, like a home. So it felt like they're coming into somebody's home. So they could come in, relax, just take some time away. It would give us more time to spend with them, more time to pray with them, to talk to them, to really kind of understand their lives and figure out exactly where we can help them. And more of a space where they can actually let their guard down. Exactly. Right? Because it's hard for them to do that when they're on the street. Even in the tent, they'd let their guard down a little bit. But in the house... Uh, they really let their car down. Yeah. So the other thing that we uh, realized we could do with this house is we could provide some services. Um, the amazing thing happened that as we, when, as soon as we, even before we opened the house, we had people coming to us asking if they could help. That's always been a difficult area when we work on the street because not many people are willing to come down to the street because it is quite dangerous, as you know. But as soon as we had this space people wanted to work with us and we found we had medical people wanting to come work with us so currently now we have um, a gynecologist a psychologist psychiatrist a dentist a general practitioner i think, I think you've covered i think i covered yeah. it but we keep getting more so yeah. it's difficult to keep track of <laughs> but these people these professionals have come to us and volunteered their time to work with these girls mm -hmm. so we set up one of the rooms as kind of like a clinic and that's another service we provide for the girls, which they're very happy to have because the medical system is not very good in Brazil. And they can be completely honest with uh, the medical professionals that are serving there because everybody knows what's going on. There's no uh, having to hide behind a mask. So they can be totally yeah. transparent. So the house, um, we opened it. Uh, it was a pilot project for a year to see if it was going to work. Mm -hmm. um, and it's worked fantastic. The girls love it. It's been very successful. Um, it gives us a chance to kind of really dive in and see which girls are really kind of at a point where they're maybe willing to to really start a process of change in their lives. Mm -hmm. Because none of the girls that we work with want to be where they are, but not all of them are ready to make that big step to, to really sort of change in their life. Mm -hmm. So other things we've done in the house, we have a, we have a free store, somewhat like um, Urban, Urban Hope, Hope, just a lot smaller. <laughs> <laughs> but... Same thing, the girls love it. They come, they can get some free household stuff, some uh, clothes, whatever we can stock it with, whether people donate. Mm -hmm. So that's been uh, been very successful. We've, during the pandemic, when the girls weren't actually working on the street because it was just, it was too dangerous uh, at the time, uh, we managed to send out or take out food hampers. We actually got them donated by local churches and local organizations, mm -hmm. funded everything so we could uh, deliver out these food hampers to the girls because they literally had absolutely nothing in their cupboards. They had no food. So that was uh, that worked really well. Now, we don't do this now. As I said, we've got more and more people working with us. Mm -hmm. um, all these medical professionals, uh, a few other volunteers, but uh, we have two very special volunteers. Or actually, no, they're not volunteers now, <laughs> but two special people that Jen's going to introduce you to. So uh, I think we've mentioned them before, Wellington and Deanna. They are a couple who are native to João Pessoa. And uh, we met them uh, several years ago uh, when we were just, just starting out on the streets and uh, shared with them what we were, we were doing. Uh, someone connected us and um, they quickly became very good friends. 
But now they actually work with us. And I thought it would be really fun. We would love to have them come to Canada and be able to meet you. And so one day, COVID willing, they will do that. But for today, we thought that it would be great that you could at least uh, see them and hear their story about how they became involved with Hope Ministries and uh, what it's done in their lives. Hi, my name is Wellington. And I'm Diana. We are from João Pessoa. We've been married for seven years. And we have three beautiful boys. And we know Jen and Phil for five years, I think. Four years. And we want to honor their lives. And as locals, as natives from the city, we know that they are a real um, gift for our city and for the girls that are on the streets. And we miss you, Phil and Jen. And... We're going to talk a little bit about um, our story with Hope Ministries and with the girls and my beautiful wife will start. Uh, I just want to share with you uh, a little bit about how this ministry has changed my life. As Wellington said, we are from João Pessoa, so my whole life I saw those women on that street, but I didn't care. I was completely indifferent about them. I saw them there, but I didn't care at all. It was normal because they had always been there. Once I got married, something changed in my heart and in my mind because I was not indifferent. I used to see them there and I thought they were bad, bad people. I mean, they would destroy marriages. How could a woman do such a thing to destroy a marriage? So somehow I felt kind of anger when I saw those women. But then I met Phil and Jen, and they started to talk about what they were doing. I wouldn't say a word because that was really strange. And one day they invited me to the tent. I went and that day really changed my life because I will never forget that. I couldn't say a word when I was there. Jen would ask me if I wanted to pray or say something, but I couldn't because the Holy Spirit was doing something inside of me. He was changing me. He was giving me God's eyes, God's view about those women. First, I was completely indifferent. Then I, I didn't like them at all. But that day, I started to love them. Because that day I met 11 women. And all of them would say, I don't want to live this life. I want to quit the streets. I don't want to do this anymore, but I, I don't know how. And the Holy Spirit was just moving inside of me. And from that day on, they had a name. They were Anna, Scarlett, Camilla. They had a name, they had a story, they, they had kids just like I did. And they had a heart full of pain, 
a very sad story, and I just wanted to be part of what God was doing. I I just said that to God. I I want to be part of this because you are doing something, and I I want to be part. So from that day on, I started to work on Hope Ministries, and every week when we go to Hope Center is one of the best moments of my week because we talk to them, we get, we have the chance to love them, to somehow help. But every time I leave that house, I feel like they are helping me more than I help them because every time we go there to serve them, We are taking part of something that our God is doing. It's not about what we are doing. It's about what God is doing. And He is letting me. He is allowing me to be part of this. So it has been a pleasure. It has been something very special to me, to my house, to be part of this. Great. So my work in Hope Ministries is with media and internet and music, worship. But I think uh, everyone that will work with Hope Ministries in any area needs to have this encounter with the girls. Because sometimes, as Diana said, we disassociate uh, the, the prostitute and the girl. We, we don't care about the story, the backgrounds, and their dreams, and their pain. And the first contact that I had, it was in, in an alpha course. Jen and Phil was doing an alpha course, and I went there to play some songs, and it was life-changing, because uh, before the, the, the alpha starts, I could hear the conversation and the pain the, the dreams and what they want to do. And God was um, moving in my heart. And he was saying, they are my daughters. I, I have a plan, a plan for their lives. And do you want to be part of it? So it's not about, in, in my case, it's not about doing websites and Instagram posts or Facebook things. It's about being involved with what God is doing in their life. So it's a huge honor and pleasure to be with Phil and Jen, and they are dear friends of ours. And we invite you to come here as soon as COVID let you come here, but come here and taste and see that the Lord is good. And he's doing something in our city. Bye. Bye. So, as you can see, they're wonderful people. They have been able to, while we've been here in Canada, they have been not only just carrying on the regular things that we do, like the street ministry, uh, but they've also added in new things. Uh, they've started doing uh, once a week lunch that they've been taking out to the streets. 
Um, there's been new volunteers who had just joined on shortly before we left that have continued with helping to cook food and just helping to organize. And so they've been able to carry things on since we've been gone, which is really fantastic to know that things are not uh, stopping because we're not there. We want this thing to be a living organism and to, and to really grow and grow as Brazilian as possible. And so that's really happening. They're very connected in the city and people just keep coming because of them. So it's yeah. incredible. I mean, they're both, they're both very, very pastoral as well. Yes. They, um, Deanna is amazing yeah. with uh, the women. She's incredible. She can speak into their lives in such a way that's, um, that's really, really good. So yeah. I mean, you heard, you heard in the video, they never set out to, to work with us in this ministry. <laughs> no. in fact, did we. When we first so. told them what we did, they thought we were absolutely crazy, as she said. <laughs> but they are both absolutely amazing at this. They were yeah. just born to do this. It's so. amazing. So we're so, grateful. So we've got them guys there. So what else have we been doing? Um, pilot training project. <laughs> or pilot training program, program, as it says. We're not training pilots, yeah. although that could be kind of fun. Yeah. Maybe we should do that. There is a small airport there. But anyway. Okay. Anyway. So um, when we're looking for different things we can use the facilities for, uh, we have a lady that helped us out one time, cook some meals for the girls. She's also a hairstylist. And she offered to develop a training course to teach the girls kind of basic hairstyling and, and train them in that field. So we're like, great, let's do it. So we renovated a space out the back of the, uh, the property, a uh, little open area there. So it was covered, but it was outside. So it's a little bit more safe because of COVID. Um, we set it up so we could do the training there. And we actually, for this, because it's a pilot one, we actually handpicked a two girls that we thought would be uh, ideal to participate in the project. Both of them have tried to leave the street a few times mm -hmm. and unfortunately ended back on the street. But we can see they've, they've tried and they've got the, the determination, we think, they, the, to make the next mm -hmm. steps. So we start this training project. And right from the get-go, on the first day of the course, we could see that it wasn't actually about the training of the girls doing hair. Which the hair training stuff was great and what they were learning was how to wash and dry and style hair, very basic stuff. But what we saw was, or what I saw then was, at one point, one of the girls was washing one of the other girl's hair. Um, and she'd been talking about how, as a child, she'd been teased about the kind of hair she had, and it was really, you know, quite traumatic for her. So one of the ladies came up while the hair was being washed and started to pray for her. Another lady came up and started to sing over her. And so we have, I think there was six women helping that day two new volunteers that come in to help cooking and stuff. I mean, maybe they thought they were just there to help cook. Uh, they were there to do so much more. Mm -hmm. So they, they are, there they were with this one girl having her hair washed with other girls singing and praying over her. Uh, she was, everybody was crying. It was just... Gen Big surprise. <laughs> but it was just phenomenal. You could just see what it was doing in this with this, mm -hmm. with this girl, that, that she was actually being uplifted and... Just Encouraged. feeling God's presence, really just feeling the encouragement, mm -hmm. which they don't feel a lot of encouragement in their lives. Yeah. So then you could see really that's what this, this training course is about. It was six weeks. Once a, once a week they would come in, they would get to eat, eat together, we get to spend time with them. It's just a way to spend more time uh, really speaking to their lives in a mm -hmm. positive fashion. And uh, when we get back, they will be start, they'll be starting up another course. We have another lady that wants to do um, manicure, pedicure course. So we'll be alternating, you know, one week manicure, pedicure. The other week, they'll be doing the second module of the hair stuff. And we're just going to continue that on because um, it's such a useful way to connect with them. It's such a useful way for them to get a skill that yeah. they can they can use because 
pandemic or not, Brazilians did not stop doing their hair and nails. Let me tell you, that did not stop. So this so. this is what we're using the house for as well. Is for different courses, different people have come forward. So we've got the hair, we've got the manicure, pedicure thing. Uh, we're possibly even going to do kind of an introduction to computer basic skills because mm-hmm. a lot of the girls don't know how to use a computer. Other things we've managed to do uh, over the Christmas period, we set up to give everybody a like a Christmas hamper this time. So again, most of these girls are pretty struggling, pretty tight financially. So the, they managed to round the, some volunteers up to put these hampers together and get them delivered out and picked up by all the girls. So what's next? Going forward, um, we have all kinds of dreams and plans. Uh, but one of those dreams has always been to start some kind of social enterprise, some kind of business that would not only allow us to bring in an income locally to help support the ministry, but also something that in the future could be a place where the women can work. And uh, we have a connection with a coffee, a small um, coffee company here locally called uh, Wild Ginger. Wild Ginger supports uh, Hope Ministries with profits from their coffee sales. And uh, Twyla, who is the entrepreneur that began the whole thing, we have connected with her long side story that I won't get into, but she uh, has helped us sort of birth this dream into becoming a reality. So going back, we're actually going to be starting a coffee company startup thing (laughs) that we clearly need help with. We actually, during our time here, have been able to raise the funds to begin the whole thing. Um, And so what does that look like? Are we growing beans? No. Uh, Are we roasting beans? Not yet. We thought we would. And then we found out that that's actually like a science. So we are connecting with a roaster in Juan Pessoa who can do the roasting for us. And basically what we'll be doing is coming up with our own signature roast that we will be grinding, packaging, and selling online mostly, and hopefully uh, locally as well as people get connected to the project and know what it's about. So it'll be coffee with a purpose, coffee with a cause, uh, that people will be purchasing this coffee and knowing that it's going towards a good cause. There is a very big coffee culture in Brazil, obviously, But what we've learned is that all of the really good coffee actually leaves Brazil. The stuff that we get to drink, which we actually think is pretty good, is apparently like all the sticks and twigs and sawdust they sweep up off the floor. So um, I would love to taste the really good stuff if we're drinking the terrible stuff. So going forward, we're going to be hitting the ground running with that, getting back and getting connected to all the supplies we need, renovating a space where all the packaging and everything will be happening and hiring a person who is going to be the point person for organizing all of this because we recognize that we cannot do everything as much as we try. (laughs) (laughs) So that's an exciting thing coming up. So other things. Now, anybody that's actually spoken to us in person has probably heard a little bit about this, our big, big plans. A little scary, but looking towards the future, everything we're doing now and everything we've done so far just keeps kind of pointing us in the same direction. And that direction is to open another house. (laughs) But this house would be a long-term recovery program. So the idea would be is it would be a facility that the girls who participate would come into for nine months to a year for a complete, well, the start of a complete recovery Mm. program. Um, It would involve spiritual, physical, and mental healing, lots of counseling, lots of uh, spiritual guidance. Mm So we're connected to, as you can see on the slide there, it says Hope Has a Home. That is actually, we stole that slide. From, we're like, ooh, that sounds great. <laughs> from a group, a group in the U.S. called Refuge for Women, 
they're helping us. They've offered to kind of mentor us through this process of setting up this house. They have multiple houses across the U.S. They're very, very successful in this field. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they have a totally faith-based program. We know at least one girl that's come out of that program who's doing really, really well. Um, we're good friends with her now. So the idea is in a couple of years' time, because as much as we would love to just open this house now, um, we're not ready. Many are on, the plans of a man's heart. <laughs> exactly. So as much as our flesh wants to do this now, we need to hold off and do it in God's timing. So we know that we need more training. We need more people. People. We need a bigger team. Finances. And we need funding for it. Because what we'd like to do is like to buy a piece of land and build a purpose-built structure for this. Mm-hmm. Lots to learn, lots to discover as we go through, but that's our big goal. So pray for us as we move towards that. Because as I said about the with the hair training program, what we saw in the afternoon a week that we get to spend with the girls like that is how much they get uplifted and how much they they receive from that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they have to go home. They go back to the environment that's just not very good for them. Mm-hmm. So to make a real change in these girls' lives, they need to be able to just pull away from all of that. Mm-hmm. And there's a complicated side because a lot of them have children. So we need to, have, need to understand and figure out the best way of pulling the women out of their environment and possibly with their children, mm. but having a safe environment and a functional environment so we're not going to cause more damage. That's our big plan as we move forward. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going on and what's going to be happening when we get back. And uh, so you can continue to uh, pray for us as we go forward. Whenever we start stepping into something new, you know, we sort of, we generally come up with some, you know, spiritual resistance. Phil's going to just explain the next slide. Just kind of, you know, people ask about what are our needs and stuff, just to kind of give you a bit of an idea of our current sort of monthly expenses. You know, it says it there, rent, utilities, staff, Mm -hmm. and weekly lunches. We run up to about a total of just for that stuff about fourteen fifty a month, depending on depending the on rate. the exchange rate and what we're currently doing, and that's yeah. just that's kind of the basic stuff. Um, obviously, there's new stuff that we want to get into as well. So, mm-hmm. so if you don't already support us and you want to, there is some information below that tells you how to get in touch. Yeah, and we'd love to hear from you always, uh, and come and see us one day yes. when COVID allows. We're always available to receive whoever wants to come down. Um, I think you'd have an amazing time. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be very impactful. So uh, we'd love to see you down there. Yeah, thanks for having us today. And uh, blessings to all of you. And we will see you next time. See you soon. <laughs> Ciao.